You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. No! Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Mr.comer on WEEI.com. Patriots lose to the Dolphins 22 to 12. They are officially eliminated from the playoffs. And these are our immediate reactions. This is why we do the podcast right after the game. No other, you know, post game shows, no reaction. This is our. Our own opinions, unbiased. What do you got after that game, Andy? Uh, I am stunned at how bad the run defense was. I mean, there's a lot of takeaways, you know, Cam Newton, the passing game. And, I mean, in reality, the Patriots led 6 nothing at halftime. And then they were down 7-6. They got back in it at 15-12. But I thought the Dolphins completely controlled the game. Even when they were losing 6 nothing. I thought the Dolphins controlled the game. They really – Tua looked like a crappy rookie quarterback on the pick he threw to J.C. Jackson. Under pressure, just – terrible throw in the in the low red zone I mean they were knocking on the door of a touchdown and then the Patriots got lucky that there was a you know fumble return for a touchdown that was correctly overruled by uh, replay because a dolphin was out of bounds when he touched the ball but I I thought the Dolphins were close to just like really just playing that entire game on their terms they had the ball for twice as long they ran it they marched up and down the field and you know when the Patriots did good things you know, they had a Jake Bailey punt, executed perfectly. Matthew Slater catches it, drops it in at the two, but then they let him off the goal line. Like, and that happened with a kickoff. You know, stop him at the 10, let him move the ball. And I just thought the Dolphins, much like opening day, where it wasn't a blowout, 
yep. and the Patriots controlled the game. I thought this was a, a game that the Dolphins controlled the whole way. And I, I understood why the Rams ran all over the Patriots. The Rams have a pretty good young running back and a pretty good rushing attack. The Dolphins do not. They had the worst yards per carry average as a team coming into the game. 22nd ranked rushing attack overall. Their running back is Salvin Ahmed, uh, an undrafted rookie waiver wire pickup who ran all over them for over 100 yards. Brita coming off um, COVID, IR, reserve, whatever. He got his chunks. Tua had a couple. Oh, 86. It's more than yeah, chunk. Like, I mean, 250 yards rushing against a good rushing team. Like, if you were going against Baltimore or something, that's bad. But it against – fourth, fourth most in the Bill Belichick era. This against was, a bad was, rushing team. A bad worked, rushing bad, team. Terrible. Terrible. And that, that stunned, stunned me at times. And, you know, there was some lackluster tackling early. Um, but it was like just total system failure in the run game. They just got run over, run around, just – couldn't compete on that on that level. I know they had a lot of injuries in the game, but I don't even want to put injuries on it because it was just bad all around. Like, yeah, sure, Bentley got hurt in the first half, and he's your guy in the middle. But to to have what have happened, it's kind of inexcusable. And especially coming off of, you know, the game against the Rams where the run defense was the main issue, you would have thought that was a heavy focus this week. And I'm sure it was, but they just didn't deliver at all. Yeah, I think I actually said that in the preview podcast that generally when Bill – harps on something's mad about something the veterans are mad about something they they tighten it up and going against a bad run defense I thought they would tighten it up and I thought that would give them the chance also so so the run defense stunk the running game didn't stink but they put it away for some reason I don't know what happened to Sony Michelle he, I thought he got hurt in like the second or third quarter me too like JJ Taylor came in Sony Michelle at that point had like 45 or 50 yards rushing somewhere in there. He's got like a six. Yeah, 46, six carries of 46 yards, something like that. Right. Like he's running the ball. Well. He was running hard. He had a couple carries where he ran through like a tackle at the line, then a linebacker to end up with like an eight yard gain. And you're like, whoa, he's running like Damian Harris. Maybe it's the best he's run. And they didn't really utilize him to, to and, and you're in the game. I mean, this is a, a field no, goal game. A, a, yeah. yeah. Like, like there, there's no reason to get away from it. So. I thought that was very – the inability to stop the run and then the quizzical decision to not run it as much as you probably should um, against a not very good run defense. It, curious curious the way they handled all that. And then I, we got to talk about the quarterback play. It was kind of the same thing we've seen all year, inconsistent. He makes some good throws mostly down the field, then can't throw the short ones for whatever reason. Like, it's just the inconsistencies. He makes some throws that are like, oh, this guy's – he's got it. Like, maybe some pauses. But then the next throw, he throws it basically a spike into the ground and you shake your head. So, to me, like, he didn't show anything today that he didn't show all year. And it's – my opinion on him hasn't changed. Yeah, mine hasn't. I mean, I think it was – wasn't it play action, first play of the game to Jakob Johnson in the flat? And yeah, they throw like 90 miles an hour. And, and there's memes already. My son was showing me all these um, Instagram memes – you know how people will like record it in their own backyard and the guy throws a fastball. Why are you throwing it so hard? Like, um, but yeah, he, he is what he is. I mean, he had a nice connection today to Jacoby Myers who had 111 yards or whatever on seven catches, but the, the passing game just is not effective, efficient, good looking. I don't, I don't even know. No. And like I was using like the Dolphins, we didn't talk about it, but they were missing their top five pass catchers. Yes. They're, they're missing a ton of players and they still kick the Patriots ass. 
But my thing was with Newton is everybody used the excuse that they don't, he doesn't have great weapons. Well, look what Tua had today, and he looked like a formal cornerback too. Right. Tua's uh, that, that one guy with like long, fluffy hair, 86, I think. He stinks. He, he had one of the worst drops I've ever seen in my life. Like the, the 86s, Devin Asiasi had an ugly drop, which was a little bit behind him, but was still a drop. And then the other 86 for Miami, one of the worst drops you'll ever see. Um, Nikhil Harry had a play where I don't know what he was doing. Like he went up. It wasn't a perfect throw. I'm not going to say it was perfect, but like he went up with two hands and then decided not to use the right and just reach with the left. Yeah, that was a confusing play to who, who to put the blame on. It feels like someone ran the wrong route or somebody thought they were going to be in a different spot because that was just a weird play. But, but not, overall, not something that doesn't happen with a first round pick. Uh, it shouldn't. Um, yeah, it certainly shouldn't. And but it's the people that get caught up in the argument, like, is it Cam's fault or is it the weapon's fault? Yes, they both stink. The weapons stink and Cam stinks. That's the reason the passing game is not good. They the tight ends, Keen had the one catch and then he ends up fumbling it. Like there were just there's nobody, even even Myers, you know, he catches it and has one fumble, yep. which I don't want to wipe out everything good you did, but even that, like your best target, the guy that's clicking the best, it's not quite perfect. Like there's a li- there's a downside to it. So the passing game just it's it's what Bradshaw and uh, Tony Gonzalez said a week ago about like this is not an NFL passing game. This is not what you're used to. It's Cam's a big part of the problem. The receivers are a big part of the problem, but it's just it's just not good at all. So we want to get into what's next. Like, we, we know what's not next. Meaningful what? football or the playoffs, the path. Apparently the path took a turn and just drove into the ocean and drowned. Like, the path just blew up today. <laughs> like, they hit a pothole or something. I mean, yeah. So it's it's over, um, I think, as we all expected. And all the streaks come to an end. You know, the Bills win the division. The Patriots aren't making the playoffs. The Patriots aren't going to have a winning record. Best they can do now is 8-8 eight and eight if they – finish strong which still very much in jeopardy with the bills coming to town who knows the jets playing well so far when we're recording this against the rams and jets could be well see the problem is the jets will be playing to lose potentially depending on the goal of that game when when it comes around um but yeah like so so the obvious question which i'll be writing about for weei.com is now can stidham start like I wrote the whole culture column, and that's great, and you fight to the finish, and the players are still saying that. You know, Devin McCourty was one of the, the veteran leaders I listened to that are still fighting to the finish, and all he knows, by the way, is postseason. He's never lived anything other than – You can talk to his brother, see what it's like. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the, the guys that say they don't quit, and so, you know, Devin was one that he, – he I asked him point blank about this idea that you lose the locker room if you make a switch at quarterback, and – he didn't really want to talk about it. And then he talked about it and said, whoever they put out there, you know, it's our, it could be me like being replaced. Whoever goes out there, it's their job to, to play to win. Um, Cam just said he'll do whatever they ask him to do in terms of whether he'll start the next couple of weeks. I, I, I find it hard to believe, like if you put, you know, even the column I wrote the other day, the culture question, if you put Stidham in that gives players a reason to quit, like, I don't really understand that. Like, no, I think especially now that the the playoffs are out of reach, I think any NFL player with a brain realizes like, okay, now you start looking ahead and seeing right. letting younger players get a chance to play and like just look it's, at other just look at other sports. It happens all the time. Like or, players know it's it's obvious. Or just look at the way Belichick handles games. When the amount of time and the possessions say the game is over, 
he treats it like the game is over, just like he did for consecutive weeks by putting Jarrett Stidham in against the Chargers and the Rams. Right. If you can do that with a game and say, look, what's your sport? How do, how do they do that when they, they play like uh, the Ryder Cup, when like yep. they concede with like up two with one to – like you can't win? Like yeah, it's you, over. Don't, you don't finish. You don't play the remaining holes. Yeah. Right. Well, like that's the situation they're in. The, just like a game ends, you're down 35 to three with three minutes left. The game is over. You put Jarrett Stidham in, he gets a few reps. And – now the season is over. Like, you, but, you can't accomplish the tangible goal of making the playoffs. Well, the other thing with that argument is just because Tim's at quarterback doesn't mean they're not playing to win. Like, they're still, they're still coaching to win. They're still going to play hard. They're still going to coach the same. It's just giving a different player a chance to play. And one could argue a player that he can throw the ball. So if you get a little bit better passing game and you continue to run the ball at a decent – because they've run the ball relatively well all year. Even in games when, it, like, the, the, the sum – the grand total wasn't large. Like, yeah, today, like was a, today was a perfect example of that, right? Yes. There's, but there's been a bunch of those. Like Harris will have, you know, nine carries for 50 yards. And you're like, huh, nine for 50. That's pretty good. Why didn't you run it more? Like, right. They can run the ball, in my opinion. Even today where they had Haran at left tackle, Onwenu at right tackle. Like you have two starting right, and you still ran it in a relatively productive rate. Now, I know they had a couple hiccups late with Haran in pass protection, but – they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they can run the ball relatively well. If you get an uptick in the passing game, like it's all the stupid things we've talked about. If, if Jarrett Stidham goes play action and hits Jakob Johnson and he picks up four yards or five yards, okay, now it's second and five instead of second and 10, which then for them became second and third and 12 and you're playing behind. Like right. that's a little stupid thing. Like no one will ever remember he hit Jakob Johnson for four yards. But it's positive. It keeps you, you know, ahead of the chains and on script and all those things you want to talk about. If you get a little bit of that, A, it's a good thing, I think, for the offense and the team. B, you know, you're not going to have a definitive answer, right? You're not going to say, oh. ooh, Jarrett Stidham's the guy. Whew, they don't even need a quarterback right now. Like, oh, that's great. No, you're not going to get that. But you can add to the information. That's you, just like you can, you can add and actually probably get your most – valuable information in a way of an actual game against a good opponent and not just practice reps on the scout team or mop-up duty against the Rams or the Chargers. And isn't that what, in some ways, Bill Belichick prioritizes more than anything? Like, information? Like, when he's drafting, like, any information he can get or game planning, any information he can get. And, oh, by the way, he doesn't give out information because he knows how valuable information is in the, the right. game process. So if he gets two weeks, 60 minutes, you know, Let's say, you know, you get, I don't know, 55, 110 offensive plays over the next two weeks for Jarrett Stidham. That's huge. Like, that's right. not the be-all, end-all, but it's significant. The flip side is, and Cam Newton said it after the game, that he's still learning and he's still processing things and, you know, still learning the offense, getting more comfortable. Couldn't Bill use that argument to we still want to develop Cam if there is at all a possibility he's back next year? Well, I thought that was Cam, like – literally lobbying to keep playing well you know it's I'm, I'm still learning the offense and you know like that I took that that answer as lobbying to retain the job to continue to be the starting quarterback I mean I guess there's a possibility that there's value in that investment if you're planning on bringing him back and I know so do you think these next two weeks would be telling um no like if, if Newton plays the next two weeks like wouldn't you say there's a more likelihood that he's back Yes, I would say there's more of a likelihood he's back. I wouldn't say it's definitive that he's back. 
And, you know, Mike Lombardi, who's one of the closest things we have to a source or whatever, like a, a qualified analyst, he's kind of been all over the map with Cam. I and kind of always is. I, I've kind of like lost my – like, Everyone kind of points him as being the Belichick whisperer and all that. I mean, he's kind of – he's all over the place. He's kind of full of it, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely full of himself, but I think he's full of it sometimes too. Um, and I just – he's been all over the map on Cam coming back, not coming back, who they could go get, like blah, blah, blah. Like, like this week it's Jameis Winston. Which I didn't really understand that. He it's just said that – he thought that Winston could be fixed. So why didn't they fix him – start the fixing last year? I would agree. Because he was, he was actually available. Like, right. Could, Mariota wasn't available, but Winston was available and available at your cost. At good cost. So now he goes to another place, doesn't play. They decide somebody else is – he's their three. He's not even their backup. He gets a chance to play and doesn't. And you suddenly decide now he's fixable. So you really wasted this year. Because everything you did with Cam, you could have done with, with Winston. Correct. Right? Correct. Um, but forget that. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll talk ourselves into – it's sort of like the spring. We talked ourselves into they like Jarrett Stidham because they didn't go get a veteran quarterback. They didn't draft a quarterback. And in the end, that was hogwash. There was, there was clearly not a lot of truth to it. And the more that we're talking about it, the more and more I feel. This is a wasted season. It was a waste. Um, I what, mean, it's, what, what can you take away from this year and say, that's good. Like, we, we developed this, or we feel better about this. Like, it's just small. Like, Mike on Wendy, sure. It's an offensive lineup. Yeah. But, like, there was no, like, Nikhil Harry or, like um, – Kyle Duggar showed signs, but it was like, oh, he's definitely an all-pro. Like, Josh Uche, um, Anthony Jennings, like, those young guys didn't really, like, thrive with their supposed – their increased playing time. So, it's kind of like, to me, it was a waste. Yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, like, just a waste, but I would say you didn't maximize it. No. Like, there were some – positives you know we've talked about these Damian Harris on when you Duggar like some of the guys that have shown hints of being part of the future and part of the rebuild or the whatever you want to call it but without the quarterback situation being um pushed forward or, or pushed in a certain you're, positive... you're back to where you were last year yeah uh well I mean I guess in a way you might even be worse off I don't know because I, I don't know what to make of Stidham. Like the the and maybe I'll feel better about it if they do put Stidham in and A, he gets experience, but B, you're like, well, at least they're not afraid to play him. At least it's not he couldn't possibly go out there. Um Well, that's the other thing too. If he doesn't play start these next two weeks, then you start with that narrative. They don't trust him at all. Yeah, I find it hard to believe he wouldn't start the next two weeks but is the future starter. I, I don't – Oh, yeah, I think, I think that would put that completely to bed. Right. Like, he might be a future backup or whatever, but if he doesn't start the next two weeks, then how could you possibly think he's the future at the position? Like, this is – if you want to, like, compare to Jimmy Garoppolo, like, Garoppolo had his starting stint in his third year instead of just going into his third year. So you'd have to imagine, if, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo was in Jared Sims' spot, he would certainly – he'd probably be playing right now, but he would definitely be playing these last two weeks. Right. And, I, I, you know, I know Curran wrote something about, like, they keep wanting him to have his Jimmy Garoppolo moment, and he just won't do it or something. Like, I don't really know what that – he threw a touchdown pass in Kansas City when he played. Like, right. That was a nice pass. We were saying early in the year it was the prettiest pass they've had all year to Nikhil yeah. Harry. And, 
you know, he threw a touchdown pass to um, what, to Gunner a couple yeah. weeks ago. So, I mean, what what exactly is his Jimmy Garoppolo moment? Like, clearly it's not a drive to a touchdown pass because he's done that a couple times. Right. So what exactly are you – I don't really believe a lot of the narrative around Stidham. I don't know what to make of it, but I, I don't also – I either, and I, I brought it up this week too with, I think, Brian Barrett when I was on with him Friday – sort of asked about that. If the Patriots really didn't like what Sidham was doing, then why did they make him the number two quarterback? Or why is he still the number two quarterback? Like, if, right. you, if you had a problem with what he was doing and, and behind the scenes wasn't matching it, then have Poyer be the backup and make Sidham an active for a game. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that there is down on – I think the story of how high they were on Stidham in the spring has now been balanced out with how low they are on him. And right. I don't think either was true. It's in the middle somewhere. I think that's probably how I feel about it. Um, but I would, I would just like to see him. I, like, I don't get the point of Cam Newton anymore. I just – I mean, I oh. haven't got, talked about it for weeks. Like. Right. So how do you think this plays out? Like, this is going to – sort of a weird week with it being Christmas and the Monday night game. Like, do you think that if, – if Stidham starts, when do you think we, the media and the fans, find out? Um, I think that's a really interesting question. So I'm going to assume – that Cam Newton will do his weekly spot on Patriots Monday on our airwaves with the Greg Hill show. Yes. After that, I have no idea because Cam is a late week media guy. And this is a weird week, as you said, with Friday being Christmas, you know, Monday game, like Monday game. Would he do like Saturday? Could you get like talks on Thursday, which this week is Friday but there's no availability on Friday because it's Christmas. So could you talk Saturday? Right. And then could you get a late, you know, Jarrett Stidham will be talking instead of Cam Newton. Or do they just know Cam Newton starts, which at that point I would hope he knows he's – he. I mean, Cam Newton does the media, but at that point he's going to know what his reps have been in practice, whether he's the starting quarterback right. or not. It, it's an interesting transition that I, I don't – I can't – I can't really envision – like an announcement or a proclamation. Like, do you think Bill, because he's going to talk to on a conference call tomorrow, he's going to talk on OMF tomorrow, he'll have another conference call Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, he's going to talk three or four times, like, in the early part of the week. Do you think that Bill would say, like, we're going to make a change at the quarterback position? Well, he's, he's answered that question for the last time, but it doesn't mean he can't have a, a proclamation. Like, he can say it on his own, a statement. Right. Um, I really. I usually feel like I have a pretty good handle on like. Well, because we've never had this situation before. They, we've never gone through them announcing a new quarterback. Right. I mean, the, we're back to, in a way, 2001. That was the last time there was some question as to Bledsoe coming back and practice reps and guys getting chances. And he did make a definitive, you know, statement there in that season that, you know, Brady would be the quarterback for the foreseeable future. But. I don't know. Does your gut tell you one way or the other? No, because I like we just said that we haven't had this before, so I kind of I don't know how it'll play out. Like I just I feel like it, like Bill he's gonna tell they're gonna have their pre you know weekly meeting where they kind of go over the week and all that. I feel yeah. like that'd be the time where Bill would say to the team we're making a change, and I think to do the whole play it all out, he would say it to the media as well or leak it out to the media. Sort of like the same thing with. Cam Newton being named the captain. Like, didn't he tell the team and it got leaked out or whatever? Like, I, like Bill never made a statement to the media, but was it was leaked out. 
I feel like it's going to be something like that. Uh, I agree. My, like he's going to, he's going to tell the team at some point. So after that happens, you might as well just tell the media. Well, does he tell the team or does he just like, it's sort of the question I asked you bring up Cam Newton as a starter, as a captain that like, does he have to tell them or do they see how every rep in practice goes? And they're just like, Oh yeah. Well, I think you could tell them even before that because they'll have their weekly meeting before practice in the morning. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if you had to make – Don't you feel like the whole team deserves to know? Why? I don't know. (laughs) It's just – it's the most important position on the team. It's not like you're making a change at the depth chart to defensive tackle. You know what I mean? I I mean, on one sense I agree, but on another sense, how does it affect Devin Asiasi – he just runs his route, and who, somebody's supposed to make a read and throw him the ball. Maybe the ball will be more accurate this time or whatever. Like, I mean, I, I just – on the surface, it's easy to say, but sometimes I don't think Bill buys into – like, he doesn't believe in titles for coordinators. Like, everybody right. else have titles, but Bill will go multiple years with nobody with a title in the unknown. Mm-hmm. So I think from an outside perspective or even from, like, a 31 other teams perspective, it's – well, you got you got to announce who the quarterback is. You got to tell the team who the quarterback is. Why? They'll figure it out as we practice. They'll see. Hey, um, is that Cam over on the scout team? And is is Jared over here? Right? Do you think there's a chance that they like split the reps? Like maybe Sim gets more practice reps, and then like you know Saturday or something, Saturday night or Sunday night, Bill says, "Hey, Jared, you're starting." I think that would be a disservice to Jared Stidham. I, I totally agree. That's why I don't think I go that route. If you held a gun to my head right now, gun to my head, what's going to happen? Gun to my head, but I don't feel real confident about it. I'm going to say Jarrett Stidham is the starter against the, the Bills. But we, we both agree, but how that actually plays out is a kind of a mystery to us both. Well, you know what that's called? What's it called? Content for the rest of this week when people don't care about the season. It's Christmas. They're not going to the playoffs. At least we have some intrigue as to who the quarterback's going to be, how we're going to find out, what's people saying, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yes. I mean, for all we know, Bill could announce it tomorrow morning when he talks to the media again. Because like, I find it hard to believe that he won't get asked. Uh, he should get asked. I actually dropped the ball on that. I probably should have asked him tonight. Now, that's probably. I don't think he, I don't, he wouldn't have said anything on it tonight, though. No, he wouldn't have. And he would have gotten mad at me, grunted or something. And he was he's very expansive today. I don't think he was. <laughs> Joking. He was terrible. I know. I'm just kidding. He even – well, there was one – see, the trouble is sometimes I side with him. Like, there was a, a question that was basically a repeat of a question from three earlier, and he said, I already, you know, I already said it or whatever. Like, just right. what I said. Right. Like, that's where I kind of agree with him. Like, he, he was already asked and answered that question. What, what do you want him to do? Well, also, um, like, yeah, like, he's not going to – Say we, we he's not gonna like go full on. Yeah, we suck today. Like the team's terrible. Like that's just not who he is. So like, it's kind of like, what do you expect him to say? Right. Um, so yeah, he. I think your your instinct is probably right. Sort of the way it played out to begin the season with Cam might be a precursor or like a timeline or something where we get like a report. You know, according to a source. Either Adam Schefter, Jim McBride, somebody, according to a source, Patriots players were informed today that Jarrett Stidham will be starting Monday night against the Bills. And then Bill will be asked about it, his next availability, and will really say very little about we'll it. We'll say nothing. Because we because Bill never was that the that was the starter. Bill never acknowledged that Cam was the starter. 
Right. That's what it was. That wasn't cap. It wasn't maybe it was captain was a different thing, but it was also it was Cam being the starter. So I think your instincts are probably could if it happens, it'll probably be something similar to that. Almost like when he says. You know, I think I addressed that already. And you're like, wait a minute, you, you didn't really address that already. Like, you never have. Right. It'll be out there. It'll be reported. Somebody will source it. He told players, whatever. And then just kind of business as usual the rest of the week. Although, if it's early in the week, I would get that. Does that mean Stidham has to do media availability later? I would think. I would, too. Right? I would, Certainly too. Certainly he'll be requested. Well, then on the flips, like the Newton, it affects Newton, too. Like, doesn't that sort of send a bad message to him obviously I mean he can kind of just tell his play hasn't been there but like there's money involved because there's playing time percentages like I think Newton is gonna lose if he if he doesn't start the last two weeks I think there's a chance he loses like 250 grand yeah I would say I mean that's sort of minor in the grand scheme a he's made a lot of money b the bigger issue is where's his future like what's his employment right. He barely had a job this year, and now right. He's- and then it's also sort of a bad look. I mean, this whole season's kind of been a bad look, but it's even worse that you didn't get to finish the year. Whereas, let's just say he finishes the year strong, like that could potentially change the way he's viewed. Like, let's oh, just say sure. he has a if, if Newton has a big game against the Bills on Monday Night Football, that changes his perception. I think this offseason that maybe he gets a couple more teams interested that might not otherwise have been. Yes, I mean we saw early in the year the crazy reactionary positive and you know the whole thing from Schrager oh my god like oh you know if I'm an owner I go ask my GM how this guy didn't you know landed with the Patriots well I'll tell you why because he stinks he can't throw the ball at an NFL level but you're right if 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 he closed out the year with a game or two Monday night football he looks good against the Bills and he follows it up with a solid game against the Jets that gives him personal positive momentum heading into the offseason whatever um but if I'm like 51 49 50.5, 49.5, 50.5, 49.5, Stidham starts. That's where I'm going to go. You're really right in the middle? I really am. Like, how could you feel confident about either? Just because of the situation that they're in. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, it just kind of – like, if this was – Big balls? What's your percentages? Big balls, Hannibal. 60-40. Ooh, 60-40. Well, I'll give it more of a chance. Maybe 65-35. Yeah. Okay. Like, if this, if this were any other team – in any other player and situation, isn't it like common sense? Yes. But you know what's even even like a problem? Like, if you look at it, the whole uh, Jason Kelsey rant that I put in my column about yeah. culture and like Cam had them, they could have won this game. It's like, not like he's so bad they can't win with him, right? Right. So he's now six and seven as a starter. They're six mm-hmm. and eight. He's six and seven as a starter. So he's just barely below 500 with, we'll all admit, terrible weapons and he's not the only problem on the team and the run defense stinks and the pass defense is overrated and there's a lot of layers to this ugly onion for this year. Um, so it's like, does he still give them the best chance to win? Like, that, There's an actual debate there. Even though it's ugly as sin, absolutely ugly as sin, if you really want to talk up Newton, I don't think it's impossible to say, he deserves the chance to finish the job. I agree. So, like, I think there's a legitimate debate here. Now, I don't know how even, like, how do you think this decision, is there any chance that others have a say in this decision, or is it just Bill Belichick? And I would say Josh McDaniels, Jed Fish, Nick Casario, those three people, do they get a seat at the table? I think Josh and Jed probably do. I don't think. Nick? Nick is part of the 
the the like what are we doing here? Like how many quarterbacks guess, do we need? I, and, I guess. I mean, I, sure, yeah. But like, do you think Newton's involved? No, I would hope not. What the hell should he be involved for? Well, what if he's because he could say, you know, I understand the situation. Like you did me a favor. Like you signed me. Like. I did all this for you. I signed for the veteran minimum, blah, blah, blah. But I understand that you want to move on and give Stidham a shot. I, I'm signing off on this. Yeah, but you don't, A, you don't need him to sign off on it. B, I don't think he would because he's a competitor. He probably still thinks, you know, even though I think it's lobbying, he still thinks, you know, we're close. And if I get a little more comfortable in the offense or my reads or the system or blah, 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 you know, we're right on the cusp. Or, uh, well, if you, if you bring in these other – like, don't you think a guy like Josh – would kind of buy for Stidham, like he wants to be able to open up the playbook more than it has. I don't know. Wasn't it? Was it a week ago? Two weeks ago, when Josh kind of giggled, saying that Cam is the is what they, is the best they've had. Yeah, that was the day after the Rams loss. Yep. Right. Like he kind of giggled at the idea that he wasn't like that. At least that's how I took it. He kind of giggled at the idea that Cam wasn't the best option. Now a week later, you lose twenty to twelve. You don't get blown out. You let it halftime. Like, now he's going to be, nope, I want Stidham, Cam's done. I mean, it's a, tough, it's a tough topic, but I would say I would vote for if I, like, if I were Josh, if I had a seat at the but, table, I'd vote for Stidham. Like, let's just say that this was, I, I don't want to use the example of Tom Brady, but if this was any other team that had a veteran quarterback but also had a young quarterback behind him, wouldn't they play the younger guy? What, you mean like the Eagles? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of a better example. Like, because it's, it's unusual where, like, a team misses the playoffs and has, like, a great older quarterback. But, like, if the Patriots were going to miss the playoffs and they had Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, wouldn't you play Garoppolo the last two weeks that, when you were already eliminated? Like, even if you knew your future at the position? Um, not necessarily, no. Because now I think you're legitimate, like – you're if if the guy playing isn't playing for something then what do you do well they're playing to develop the guy that's my thing yeah i don't know that i love that I, like i think all along the the idea that you'd lose the locker room if cam were pulled has been a tough pill for me to swallow like i find it hard to believe that jarrett stidham is that bad on the practice field that everybody would be like we're starting that guy. We're, we're I would agree, and even as a personality, he's not like a bad guy. Everyone says just you know he's a he's a good guy. Like he's a he's not a bad human. He's oh. a guy that works hard, tries hard, is does everything right. Like, and that's, and that's why I'm with you. It's weird. Don't don't forget. People like to um, put Jimmy Garoppolo on some pedestal in New England. Don't forget. They questioned his toughness. They questioned his compete level. Remember when he got hurt and he, oh, it's pain he's tolerance and he. Yep. Yep. Like people assassinated his character at that time. And yet somehow they've forgotten about that. They've, they've like, they put him on some pedestal of how it should have been done, how you competed, even though there was a veteran ahead of you. And now they're like, Oh, Jared Stidham's not a, not an alpha. He's a beta. And they don't like how he reacted when cam arrived and this and that. And now I have some questions. I don't think Jared Stidham has the Julian Edelman um, douchebag gene of, and I say that with as like a positive thing, like right, that right. that whole story when he arrived at Kent State and said, "I'm taking your job." Like right. I don't think Jarrett Stidham has that in him. No. That doesn't mean he can't play. That doesn't mean he can't be a starter and a leader. Not everybody has that. 
But sometimes there's people that kind of walk softly and carry a big stick. Like, I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to show up. And when I get my chance, I'm going to try and take advantage of my chance. And I lead by example, whatever. Like, I do think there's been an unfair narrative that has retroactively put Garoppolo on a higher level than he was at the time when people like Zoe were shredding him, absolutely shredding his toughness and his work ethic and all those things. And now they're kind of using the same attacks on Stidham. And I don't know whether it's fair. I'm with you. All right. This will be a topic that will be discussed at length this week, not only in our podcast, but on the airways. You can find you, I think you're on every day this week, correct? Every day except Friday. I don't think anybody will be listening to anything on Friday. Uh, yes, I will be 10 to 2 with Fitzy on Monday, and then 2 to 6 for a couple days with my boy Nick Cattles from Saturdays, Heart and Cattles. And then Thursday, I think I'm 11 to 3 with somebody. I don't know who. Uh, we'll figure out a podcast date at some point. There might, not, there might be one. There might not be one. Well, we do have the opportunity. Saturday's an opportunity with a Monday game, but yeah. That's true. Either Thursday or Saturday, we'll bang out a podcast. Preview, big Monday night football game, Bills-Patriots. Woo! Well, maybe by then we'll know who's the quarterback, and there'll be more to talk about. Or not, and we'll still have plenty to talk about because we won't know who's the quarterback. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, enjoy your week, and if we don't talk to you before Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Um, We try to do our best on a weekly basis to deliver a podcast. I think we've stuck to that twice a week. Uh, yeah, we definitely have the quantity quality. I guess that's debatable. People can Some pick people and choose up differently than others. Yep. Yep. But we, we bang out our podcasts on a weekly basis and, uh, Merry Christmas. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings. There's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.